God is good. And Jesus is alive. And Jesus is alive. And God is good. And one more time, God is good. And Jesus is alive. alive. Yes, He is. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. And we are going to um, just take a moment and let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for everything that you've done for us. We thank you that you came here, you died for us, and you are alive. And because of the sacrifice you made, you're alive and you're here with us right now. You paid the cost and made that possible. And we get to enjoy your presence because of it. And we just thank you for being here with us, for ministering to us, for bringing us your, your joy and your peace. And we just ask you to open up our eyes, open up our hearts to have a greater appreciation tonight of what you did for us, of how much our Father God loves us, that he would give you up for us mm -hmm. and the sacrifice that you made, just how valuable that is. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 So we are going to start off, y'all know, we're going to start off with a word. In Matthew 26, verse 26, and this is when um, Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples. So just before he's going to go to the garden, before just before all of his trials are going to start. And he's sitting with his disciples and they've had their meal together. And picking up in verse 26, it says, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. And there's a couple of things here I want us to notice. And the first one is that Jesus told us what his blood was for. He said, this is the cup. This is my blood. It's for the new covenant and it's for the remission of sins. But there's two elements there. We also have the, the body, the, the bread but he doesn't actually tell us what it's for. He said, this is my body, and he leaves it at that. Where the blood, he explains to us, the blood is for the new covenant, and the blood is for the remission of, my, for the remission of our sins. And you know, in Proverbs, it says that it is God's honor to hide a thing and for the glory of kings to seek it out. And what did Jesus often do? But the best kept secrets were for those that were hungry for him and hungry to know. And they would come to him and say, hey, what did you mean when you said this and this and this? You know, and then those disciples would get the, get the best secrets. You know, even within Jesus' own group, he had the 12, then he had the three, and then he had the one one and we want to be that one right that gets the best kept secrets so we're going to come back to the body because he does tell us what the body's for uh 
throughout the scriptures. But I want to point something else out about the blood. And that's that he tells us that we get forgiveness of our sins through his blood. We get the new covenant through his blood. And in Hebrews 10, verse 22, you know, there's lots of places that we can go to where it tells us that our forgiveness of sins comes through the shedding of blood. Actually, sorry, that's Hebrews 9, verse 22. Hebrews 9, verse 22, it says, And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. So we see again and again in lots of places, the scriptures tell us that we are forgiven of our sins because of the blood of Christ. Nowhere in the scriptures does it say that we are forgiven because of the crucifixion of Christ because he didn't have to die that way to give us forgiveness of sins. He didn't have to die that way to give us the new covenant. The Jews had a form of capital punishment. It's the one that God gave them in the law. It was stoning to death. And they were allowed to carry that form of punishment out under the Roman rule. We know they tried to stone Jesus once, right? We know that they did stone Stephen. We know that they stoned Paul. He just decided it wasn't his time yet and kept getting back up. Right? So these people knew how to use stoning and stoning would have been a much more merciful way for Jesus to die and his blood still would have been shed. We still would have got the new covenant. We still would have had our sins forgiven, but there's some things we wouldn't have had and our God is so generous and our God is so good that he gave us eternal life through the blood of his son but didn't want to stop there he said I want your life even while you're here to be the best that it can be I want you to have the abundant life that I came to give you and that's why Jesus was crucified because the Bible tells us in Galatians 3:13 that whoever is hung on a tree is cursed. And it says that Christ became a curse at the cross so that we could be blessed. That's why he was crucified. It tells us in the law that any man that's hung on a tree is cursed from God. And so Jesus wanted to be crucified so that he could take the curse for us. And I want you to think about how improbable this was. The Romans hated the Jews and the Jews hated the Romans. The Jews never took their own people to the Romans for punishment. They took care of it themselves. They resented the fact that the Roman government had control over them and would tell them what they could and couldn't do. But only the Romans had the authority to crucify. So if this had been man doing this, the Jews would have simply stoned Jesus. But God orchestrated this. Jesus had himself taken to the Romans so that he could be crucified, so that he could become our curse, so that we could be blessed. Because he redeemed us from the curse, but he sure didn't redeem us from the blessing. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 
And in the curse, uh, I, it's, it's actually funny in an odd way. I love to read it. But in Deuteronomy 28 is where we have all the blessings of God listed and all the cursings. And it's good to read because, it's, first of all, we need to understand what Jesus paid to give us so that we'll stop letting the enemy take it from us. Jesus paid for us to have good health. Jesus paid for us to have wonderful family relationships. He paid for us to be the head and not the tail. He paid for us that when our enemies come against us one way, they flee before us seven ways. He paid for all that. And in the curse, every sickness known to man is listed. Sickness and disease is called a curse. And I love it. There's this verse, like it lists all these different conditions that you could pretty much put anything we can come up under. But it's like God knew. God knew man would start coming up with these crazy things. So there's actually a verse that says, and any other sickness that's not listed in this word. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Like Lord's like, I know what you people are going to think. And I got it covered. That's why Jesus was crucified. And he was scourged. He was scourged for our bodies. Because again, you did not scourge someone and also crucify them. They were either scourged or crucified. And when you read the Gospels, you can see that Pontius Pilate, he was working hard to try and let Jesus go. He had a revelation. He started seeing who this man was, and he wanted to let him go. And that's why he brought up the whole thing with Barabbas. He's like, oh, hey, guys, remember how on the Passover I always release someone to you? How about I release Jesus? And instead, they all cried out, no, give us Barabbas. Barabbas who it says was a letter rebellion and was a murderer. Mm -hmm. Give us this guy who's rebellious and murders and take Jesus. But right there is the picture of what Jesus did for us. The Bible says before we knew him, we were all children of wrath. Mm -hmm. And if we've ever had anger in our heart, we have had murder in our heart. So Barabbas was a picture of us. So as we watch the movie, it's like I watch it and I just think it's so unfair. Take Barabbas, crucify Barabbas. But that's exactly the point. It is unfair. God's grace is wonderfully unfair to us, for us. And so Pontius Pilate, after that fails, he's like, okay, I'm going to try scourging Jesus. And in John's gospel, we see where he had him scourged and then brought him back out to the people because he was hoping that when they saw that Jesus had already been punished and they saw him in this horrible shape that he had been tortured and beaten, that they would have compassion and sympathy and, and cry to release him. And instead, again, we find the Jews who hate the Romans crying, crucify him. Crucify him. We have no other God but Caesar, is what they said. So I want to look for a moment at Isaiah 52, because we are here in our, our gathering tonight. We're getting ready to watch the movie The Passion 
to, to just help us get a hold of what Jesus went through. And for those of you who are listening at home, I encourage you that whenever you listen to this podcast afterwards, uh, take the time and, and get a copy of that and watch it for yourself too. Um, in Isaiah 52, starting at verse 13, it says, Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high, just as many were astonished at you. So his visage was marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of man. Jesus was beaten so badly, you couldn't even tell he was a man anymore. He was beaten by the temple guards. Then he was beaten by the Roman guards. Then he had the scourging. And in the midst of all that, they put the crown of thorns on him and beat that into his head. They ripped out his beard. They ripped out his hair. He was beaten and beaten and beaten. And it says in the praetorium when they took him in there, and in small numbers suggest that the praetorium holds 400 to 600 soldiers. And the Bible says that every soldier hit him and spit on him. So no wonder you couldn't recognize that he was a man anymore. And we go further down, it says in chapter 53, verse 2, he has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. I want to back up to where it says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Unfortunately, that's how that's translated in most of our English Bibles. But in the Hebrew, this word for griefs is the word koli, and it means sicknesses and diseases all the time. It's still a word they use today that means sicknesses and diseases. And this word sorrows is actually the word makov, which means pains, physical pains. And I love the way that Young's literal translation brings it out. He, he, uh, he transcribed this as surely our sicknesses he hath borne and our pains he hath carried them. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed that's why he went through all of this to take our sicknesses to take our diseases to take our pains otherwise it was just cruel and the old testament when they brought sacrifices to god they did not beat them first they did not beat on them. They didn't pull out their fur. They didn't spit on them. They didn't shame them. No, they brought them to God, used a very sharp knife, slit their throat, the most humane way you could do this. The animals would get lightheaded and die. 
So if all this suffering wasn't for something else, why did Jesus go through this? It would have been cruel. But because it was, because God always has more for us, because Jesus was taking every sickness, every pain, every weakness in his own body so that we don't have to. And it's time for us to get that righteous zeal in us that says, you know what? My Savior suffered. My Savior paid so that I don't have to bear these things, so that my loved ones don't have to bear these things. I'm not putting up with it anymore. I want everything that Jesus suffered and paid to give me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, in Psalms 22, it actually tells us, uh, in the movie, in, the, in, the, in this movie, I know it can be really hard to watch what Jesus goes through, but it still doesn't come close to reality. In Psalms 22, verse 14, it says, I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. And you skip down to verse 17, it says, I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. His flesh was so ripped off of his body that he could count every single one of his bones. No wonder he fell under the weight of his cross. He had no flesh left. His bones all out of joint and yet he pushed on. He pushed on to be crucified for us. Exodus 21, verse 24. It says, eye for an eye. This is God's law. Eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. Hand for hand, foot for foot. Burn for burn. Wound for wound. Stripe for stripe. When Jesus was on the cross, there was a moment where he cried out that he was thirsty. I thirst because he had just absorbed all of God's righteous, holy indignation and anger, the fire that we all deserve. He had absorbed that into himself. That's the burn, the wounds and the stripes that we all put on him through the sins that we've committed. You know, when we watch this, it's not what they did to Jesus. It's what each of us did to Jesus. But Jesus comes to us and says, for the wounds and the stripes that you put on me, I give you healing. I give you healing. I give you healing. I want you to live in the abundant life here and then I want you to live in the abundant life with me in the hereafter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So we're gonna watch this uh, movie, The Passion, and just let it help us to have that visual to understand what Jesus went through for us and to and to imagine that whatever it is we're dealing with, he has taken to put it on him because that's where it belongs. Amen. 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 And then after the movie, we'll receive communion together.
Hallelujah. All right. We are now going to receive Holy Communion. And as we do, I want you to think, keep in mind, picture in your mind everything that Jesus has suffered for you. See that as the payment to set you free from any condition that you are experiencing. He's already paid for it. We simply have to believe that and receive it. And so as we're holding the bread, the body of our Savior in our hand, I hope that you have a fresh revelation of what it means to declare that by His stripes we are healed. And just take a moment to envision Christ as He's being scourged as his flesh is being torn apart and see whatever condition it is in your body that's troubling you, see it on him. Stroke after stroke, he took the payment. He took the payment. No matter how small, no matter how big, he says he wants you healed and he paid a great and heavy price for it. So now we lift up the body and we say, Jesus, thank you that you became a curse so that I am blessed. Thank you that in your body, you bore all my sicknesses, all my diseases, all my infirmities so that I am healthy and I am whole. You renew my youth like the eagles. You strengthen me as my days. And you've given me the very resurrection life of yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. And receive the, the body, the bread. And now as we hold the cup, we look and see that by the shedding of Jesus' blood, our sins are completely forgiven, past, present, and future. He has brought in the new covenant of grace and peace through the shedding of his blood. By that new covenant, we have become a new creation, we have become children of God. That is something that can't be changed. It can't be lost because it's done by the shedding of Jesus' blood, not by anything we've done. So we lift up this cup and we say, Jesus, thank you for shedding your blood for the forgiveness of my sins. Thank you for cutting the new covenant of grace and peace whereby I am now a beloved child of God. God delights in me. He rejoices over me and he takes care of me. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.